0: Hey there, I'm Dorian and I want to welcome you to Highway to Scale, a podcast in which we explore the ins and outs of business success and where we cover topics like validating business ideas, exploring different management styles, building products, launching them on the market, raising capital and scaling your business. If this is your first time listening to Highway to Scale, here's a big fat welcome to our little community. And while we're getting to know each other, I want to ask you to click on that subscribe button and add us to our podcast playlists so you'll get notified when we publish new interviews. On the other hand, if you've been following us since the previous season, you know that we love and appreciate your support, so it's amazing to have you back with us as we explore new companies and their business strategies. Now, before we get any deeper and jump into the main topic, let me take a few seconds to thank the sponsor of this episode. Media Toolkit. Media Toolkit is the fastest way to find out when something important about your business is mentioned online. It is a media monitoring and an analytics tool that gathers information from hundreds of millions of internet sources, and it notifies you when someone mentions your brand, your company, your competitors, or anything else you want to track. And the best part, it's doing it all in real time, so you can react in an instant. To me, a marketing guy, Media Toolkit has been the go-to media monitoring tool for almost six years now and I'm using it because it saves me a bunch of time. I don't have to spend an hour, two, or sometimes even more scouring through online sources just to see if a media outlet published a story about our company. I set the keywords, I set the queries, and I know that my Media Toolkit app will start buzzing as soon as something is posted. But a great thing about Media Toolkit is that it doesn't have to be just for business. Because you can literally track anything online. Here's a fun fact. At the start of 2022, I secured a kick apartment in the center. And if you've ever been searching for a new apartment, you know how much of a pain that can be and how quickly all the tough ones are gone. Well, for this one, I booked a tour exactly two minutes after the ad was posted. I set the Media Toolkit app to send me a push notification as soon as they get a hit that matches my keywords. I opened the listing, liked what I saw, called the realtor, and we signed the papers the very next day. As simple as that. So, if you want to start making better business decisions by getting access to relevant information at the exact moment that you need it, go to mediatoolkit.com, register for a new account, choose a starter plan in the payments menu, and enter the code HIGHWAY. With this, you'll get a whole month completely free. That's mediatoolkit.com, and the code is HIGHWAY. In all caps, we only go big on this podcast. Well, okay, enough promotion. Now back to the show. In today's episode, I'm joined by Andrew, who is the partner at Flint Capital, a Boston-based international venture capital fund that has raised $250 million in two funds. The fund invests in companies from the US, as well as from Israel and Europe, helping them to enter the US market. Flint Capital's portfolio is comprised of 45 companies, they had 15 successful exits and three unicorns. As for Andrew... He has more than 10 years of VC experience and a particular interest in e commerce, B2B SaaS solutions, health tech, consumer internet, and other applications of AI and virtualization. Andrew led the first institutional investment round in Flow Health and is currently a board member at Intento, Job Today, and Flow Health. Andrew is also a fellow at Kaufman Fellows, an extensive global VC network. In this podcast, Andrew will tell us more about Flint Capital's bridge strategy and how it helps European companies to expand to the US, what are some key differences between venture capitals in Europe and the United States, and what do VCs look for in startups they wish to invest in. So let's cut the intro and let's jump right into the episode to see what Andrew can teach us about building a business. Andrew, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Welcome to Highway to Scale. Hi, Dorian. Yeah, Thank you for having me
1: here. How are you, man? Absolutely good. Thanks a lot.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Okay, Uh, let's start, you know, with the basics, with the the easy questions. Can you tell me more about Flint Capital? What are you currently focused on the most? Yeah, sure.
1: So um, Flint Capital is, as you said, a venture fund. That is focused on investing in early stage companies across uh, many verticals, mostly including uh, B2B enterprise segment. Mm -hmm. We believe that software is eating the world and we follow that mantra for many years. We usually invest uh, at seed or series A rounds. We -hmm. prefer to lead those rounds and writing checks in about 3 to 5 million initial checks into the companies. Mm-hmm. We are right, focused right. on the companies that are originated by immigrant founders. Very often they are originated uh, outside the U.S. market, mm-hmm. and, uh, but they are heading to the U.S. market from the day one. And We see our mission to help them to access the U.S. market, both in terms of clients and in terms of capital.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Uh, what would you say were the biggest milestones? Some of the the biggest companies that uh, you invested in.
1: Well, uh, worth mentioning that too, we love all our portfolio companies and we support them through their life stages a lot. We definitely think that uh, in any circumstances or and whatever happens, our uh, team and capital are available to our founders uh, through. Mm-hmm. The initial investment and up to later stages, or including Series uh, D, E, F, G, and okay, uh, okay. you name it. And there are still um, some names that uh, uh, that we are very proud of. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, uh, one of our leading portfolio companies in Fund One is Secure. Uh, they do digital identity fraud prevention and they work with lots of financial institutions in the United States.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, we have led the, the round in this company in uh, 2016. Uh, we, we have led the Series A. Mm-hmm. And currently, uh, the last uh, financing they got at the beginning of 2021, the round was uh, led by Axel Partners, together with some other uh, co-investors, and uh, the current valuation is above uh, is almost five billion dollars. They're growing. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, they they are growing quite quite strongly, Mm. and we see a lot of potential in in uh, this market uh, in both from a fintech uh, side, from e-commerce side. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's one example. The other example, uh, a company called WalkMe. Uh, we invested uh, back in 2015. It was their Series C, as I can recall. And mm-hmm. um, since that moment, uh, they had grown so much that they are currently a public company traded on Nasdaq. They went public uh, last last year. It is an Israeli company. They are leading the digital transformation. Uh, segment mm-hmm. for enterprise. There are a couple of other companies that we also very happy to highlight. Um, it's one of the leading health and uh, fitness uh, products in the world called mm-hmm. uh, Flow Health. that's an application, mobile application for women to help them through all the aspects of their uh, health, starting mm-hmm. from early mm-hmm. teens and up to the menopause. It has more than fifty million monthly active users. It's one of the largest and um, most uh, impactful uh, fitness apps uh, in the world and we are very happy that we were the first investors first institutional investors there mm-hmm. we still continue to be very active uh, with the company and helping them a lot those are the types that uh, types of companies that uh, we usually uh, invest
0: you said that there are various industries that you invest in what would you say is the best industry to invest as a as a VC fund which industry has the, the most potential?
1: First of all, you have to invest in the in something that you understand. That's everyone mm-hmm. should eat its own uh, own food. With that said, uh, I'm pretty sure there are many industries that others would claim to be the best to invest, starting from real estate and ending to energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we we understand enterprise sauce, uh, software, enterprise sauce. And we believe that it is one of the largest and fastest growing markets in all the IT universe. It has uh, many applications and uh, many verticals like IT infrastructure, uh, cloud, uh, health tech, fintech, uh, education. And we believe these are long-term growing markets, so we are mm-hmm. focusing them, and it uh, um, helps us to... Or to be focused and to be helpful to our portfolio uh, founders, uh, keeping that focus and uh, uh, leveraging the expertise that we got
0: in Mm -hmm. those industries. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Flint Capital, uh, you know, in regards of your, you know, venture capital industry, uh, what would you say that uh, makes your company stand out? What would you say that is a massive plus that maybe Flint Capital has that maybe other VCs don't have?
1: First of all, we are big believers in uh, founder-led uh, companies. So mm-hmm. or we are not believers in investor or board-led companies. So uh, we usually invest in founders that share that vision. And so for them, we are very comfortable partner because they, they, they have all, all the resources that we try to provide them uh, to to implement their vision the other things are that we are on both sides of, of the pond uh yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. i talk about the atlantic so we are in the us and we are in israel our presence on the european continent helps us to understand founders understand their uh, local specifics and also give them a very clear understanding of what they will face in the u.s um, mm-hmm. So that kind of bridge that we build is uh, something that we believe is unique and very helpful uh, for founders. Another thing is that we have uh, a strategy of supporting the companies through all the stages. So the founder working with us has a very clear understanding that he gets the financial partner that would continue to support the company through the life uh, through the lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it gives a lot of confidence because sometimes plans are going uh, south, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sometimes uh, economic uh, circumstances uh, vary. So uh, it's important to have some, someone who is strategically uh, believing in what you are doing and uh, can be flexible in supporting through a longer longer time.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: I think uh, our expertise in uh, building the uh, companies that uh, are currently unicorns—we've uh, been there, done that, and uh, like seen the pattern how the unicorn looks like—is yes, yeah, very yeah. important for, for uh, sharing with our portfolio founders to help them also to feel how the champions work.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: So that is true. That is true.
0: Yeah, because I've I've heard a lot, you know, about. VCs who are just like, okay, we're going to give you money, we're going to take a stake in your company, and then it's all up to you. We don't, uh, you know, care about what your company does. We want, you know, help you reach the next level. We just want to see the return. Your Mm -hmm. approach is quite different. If you know, if I'm I'm getting this right, you are actively helping them to reach new markets, to grow, you know, their success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. At the same time, mm-hmm. we, we 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 do not uh, we, we, we do not push anything, any agenda. We mm-hmm. don't we don't have any agenda, and we don't push any agenda to our founders. We like to provide resources. We like to provide our time and our board participation as a resource.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: founders decide how they want to use it. They decide how they want to use our network. They decide how. They want to use our uh, contacts in uh, different companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are actively mm, utilizing that capacities. Some of them, quite seasoned ones, they they prefer to use our brain on a strategic level and to have a reliable partner, and that's enough yep, for yep, them. Yep. So, but we never we never push the agenda. So that that means that if uh, the found, founder decides. Uh, and founders at steering wheel.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, we mentioned that Israel is your, let's say, primary target. Uh, can you tell me how did you choose Israel?
1: That's quite a remarkable country. Uh, first of all, Israel doesn't have any local local market for IT. So from mm-hmm. the day one, any company that is uh, incorporated in I, any company in IT sphere that is incorporated in Israel, is targeting the u.s market as the largest uh, software market in the world so that creates a lot of expertise in this market uh, among the founders among the team members how to how to work overseas uh, sets certain uh, certain culture and also it enables them to be very successful because uh, they don't need to fight against each other on a small market but they can fight uh against the world and a bigger uh and uh, a bigger market and usually everyone has a potential to gain a large piece so mm-hmm. that's one thing the other thing the uh the abil- amount of amount of tech talent available in israel is uh is huge and that is a great source for founding new companies Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah And the third thing is that VC activity and the entrepreneurship, the spirit of entrepreneurship in Israel is um, one of the largest in the world. It is the country with, um, I think, one of the largest uh, ratios of uh, VC money invested per capita, uh, meaning that it actually makes uh, Israel the largest uh, independent ecosystem other than Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That absolutely makes it interesting to uh, to to be part of that um, vivid and well developed uh, ecosystem.
0: Current potential is huge, and it's constantly growing because new new companies keep on, you know, being launched in in Israel. As, as you said, it's basically the the new Silicon Valley of this side of the pond. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. There are others in in Europe emerging, and uh, we are very happy to look at uh, things that are developing in in London, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel that London is very well positioned to be the leading part of uh, European venture ecosystem, and uh, also the ties of. Uh, uh, Great Britain to US U.S. Um, yep, play yep, a great role yep. in that. I believe uh, we can see uh, a very large uh, number of companies uh, being headquartered and uh, being built uh, in U.K. in the next decade.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Now, uh, one of the key aspects of Flint Capital is that is that bridging strategy? Can you tell me more about some of some of the specific activities that you do to help companies from Israel or Europe reach the U.S. market?
1: First of all, uh, that is quite a universal thing, but it's still it's still uh, very important. When, uh, for example, the company is started overseas, uh, there is a moment when. Uh, you have to be where your clients are. And if your clients mm-hmm. are in the U.S., there should be people uh, on the ground. More often, it happens that uh, one of the founders or very early employees, key employees, come to the U.S. to launch the enterprise here.
2: And mm-hmm.
1: that is the part that uh, usually underestimated in terms of how successful will everything be uh, because immigration in that form is very difficult. And uh, a lot of a lot of founders, they they do not expect what they will be facing on a personal level, on a uh, cultural level, and that. Yeah, yep. So that that is one aspect that we help to navigate through this, and to help to decide where to open uh, the head office or how to uh, properly budget that. Mm -hmm. opening uh, properly create the strategy of setting up uh, the overseas presence and positioning it in the company and with the clients to understand how such evolution and how such growth of the company uh, would impact their overall productivity. And uh, we try to help bring in in different practices from our other companies into new Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, companies. So that's one part. And it's uh, usually very underestimated. The other part is uh, more business focused, uh, uh, the part that uh, helps uh, uh, find right key people to fulfill the roles in new U- mm-hmm. Company opened uh, in the US. The first hires are salespeople. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And business development people. So that is that is the element that bothers all all, all the all the founders uh, most of all. And it's really hard to to find uh, first great uh, salespeople in the US that fit your company. And of course, it's difficult for a new company to attract. Uh, because uh, you know, good salespeople they are very skeptical to new, f- uh, yeah, uh, yeah, to new startups, especially if they come from overseas. So that is true. Uh, that uh, is true. Uh, yeah. So our reputation uh, and our network uh, helps a lot in doing that and persuading good people to join. And um, further, uh, we, we also introduce our founders to our uh, network of capital for later funding. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it uh, helps them also to be prepared and to be uh, well positioned in terms of uh, starting the fundraise and uh, making it quick and uh, making it precise and targeting only those who can be really interested in in their business. That is also an important part. Those are the general things. We also Mm -hmm. help in many other aspects uh, Sometimes you you spend with founders just time to uh, to talk through difficulties and to yeah to, yep. uh, th- they, they can tell you something and they can think while they're telling and to, you, you walk like uh, sometimes I call it I'm very expensive shrink
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that is a great analogy yeah. <laughs> now one of the one of the things that I also wanted to talk about is your Approach to investing. When it comes to you know red flags or green flags, when you're looking for a company, what would you say uh, are ones or the others? How do you know if a company would be a good investment uh, versus how do you know when a company is not something that you want to invest in?
1: Venture venture business, we believe, is the business of, of people. So, mm-hmm. and said that uh, the major aspect that we. Uh, that contributes to our decision to invest is uh, is the founding team. Yep, yep. We usually uh, are looking for uh, we call it triple A founders. Okay. Audacious, ambitious, and can lead uh, the company with the people okay. that uh, are better uh, executors or better experts than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, yeah. So the next thing we'll uh, look at is usually the market. And the Mm -hmm. market, we're big believers in the companies that are founded in the niche markets that are having a tailwind to become the leading part of the bigger market. Mm -hmm. With that tailwind, usually the company, even every startup has inefficiencies but if you true, have that true. kind of tailwind all inefficiencies will be leveraged by that tailwind and you will still have a lot of a lot of um support from your customers mm. and a lot of pull you yeah w- wouldn't need to have any push to the uh, product you, you have a lot yeah of because the,
0: the market itself is boosting you up
1: yep that's right mm. the other thing we look at is the business model of course okay. we love well, we love to. Uh, while still in in uh, in SaaS and in price SaaS, there are sometimes people say that it's difficult to find innovation in business model. Mm-hmm. Price SaaS, everything is clear and etc. But we love those who can find something that is new, like new marketing approach, like mm-hmm. going uh, from mid market to up market, for example. Or, uh, uh, new payment, uh, methods or, or, and, or new billing, uh, techniques. Uh, there's little fine tunes of business model that allow you to create a better product offering that is 10x better than any direct competitor and mm-hmm. 10x cheaper in overall, uh, total cost of implementation or We just don't say that the price should be 10x lower, but the total cost Mm -hmm. of using your solution for your client should be 10x cheaper in terms of time, in terms of effort, in terms of deployment, etc. So those types of uh, uh, business models. Then we also look at deal economics, of course. Does it make sense for us? We usually invest in the company that we believe that would be Fund returning investments. So mm-hmm. every deal that we make is a, has a potential to return the full fund. That's a real venture approach. Maybe you've heard of this distribution curve of returns, and you maybe mm-hmm. heard that like out of all the investments, usually ten percent deliver enough money to cover all the losses make. Uh, yeah, and- yeah. Profits. The rest, they they usually uh, are net n- negative.
0: Net uh, negative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a lot of founders stress, you know, the the importance of a pitch deck when it comes to approaching I- investors. Uh, but I also heard in one of your earlier interviews that you put a lot of emphasis on something that you call teaser trailers, uh, because you have that mindset as you as you mentioned that every good pitch starts. Even before the pitch, can you, can you tell me a little bit
1: more about that? Uh, It has a lot of uh, aspects, but one of the main aspects uh, is that most of the deals, they are made not through cold contact, but uh, Mm -hmm. those who were introduced.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And basically when something, someone is referred to you, you know, that it has a potential to be a good company.
1: Yeah. That's that's true and important to say that. the most uh, valuable recommendation is uh, from the founders of your portfolio company,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, especially successful ones, because uh, the mindset they, they are they on their own they are a filter, and uh, among them uh, they are the magnet for great uh, minds uh, to come mm-hmm. up to them and to discuss ideas and when you receive something from from the founder of uh, high cal- caliber you have an understanding what to expect mm-hmm. so yeah yeah but to make this process move and to make this process quick and comfortable to each party we believe it's very important to to have uh this teaser trailer uh, a kind of short version of no, of of a pitch deck or a story that you can share and that could speak without it, without uh, without a founder. To mm-hmm. the, the idea is not to make a deal after that, but the idea is yeah, to win yeah, yeah. time and attention of the investors, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or, and also to prepare uh, to meeting with you and to know what questions to ask. So with yeah, 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 no no surprises yet. <laughs> uh, it should have some kind of interesting interesting number. Ma- makes me think, oh, that's an interesting finding. W- what makes them think so? Or mm. uh, something that I have become curious about and I want to learn more. That works very well to, to create that dynamic of showing mm-hmm. and uh, revealing what you have created and what you are up to. So yeah,
0: it makes that initial traction. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And so we are big believers that this element is uh, a very good uh, aid to just uh, an intro letter. Um, when you ask someone to make an intro, uh, or if you have like almost a cold c- contact, but uh, still you you have that kind of. Um, well-thought, developed material that is not more than 10 slides, I suppose. Mm -hmm. It can be a very good aid to uh, further conversation.
0: To help start things, you know, going in the the right direction. Yeah. Uh, Now, Andrew, what would be some of the red flags uh, that you see and you, you know, practically immediately know, no, that's not a company for Flint Capital?
1: I would say that uh, it's it's very good when people do some kind of uh, homework. Mm-hmm. So, understanding the, our investment focus. So, if someone is sending me a company that, uh, let's say, is doing something with within the industry that we don't invest, like in biotech, it's quite clear that uh, that. Um, we have no interest in that, and it, it can. Yeah, because
0: that's the, the, the aspect you said. You don't know the industry well enough to be able to, you know, say, okay, this is going to be a win, or this is not going to be a win.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, we, we don't know the industry enough to be uh, of any value to. Mm. We, we don't like to be dumb money investing in something that you haven't spent uh, at least. Uh, thousands of hours in is 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 a very dangerous and and um, to my mind quite a stupid path i
2: mm-hmm. mean uh,
1: mm-hmm. sometimes you need to make uh, such bets especially when you think that uh, like and that would be the next industry you wanna uh, become uh, an expert but um, mm-hmm. it should be a strategic decision like when we decided yeah. To, yeah. To, to, to go into uh, health tech vertical within the enterprise sales. We knew nothing, but we we were uh, spending hours uh, understanding what's going on, what are the trends. We were talking to people, and so we made a couple of investments, early investments, and not n- not all of them worked well. But it helped learning, and it was still within the enterprise sales field, so we still could help all, all the companies in terms of how to build uh, enterprise source company with. Uh, the specific of health uh, stack so yeah, yeah. Th- that would be that would be the major uh red flag the other thing is that uh, we, we don't like copycats so yeah, yeah if someone's doing doing uh, the copying someone's idea or uh, is in the market where there are plenty of players that have raised a lot of uh, capital, and someone comes and say I will be, build a better Google, well,
2: mm-hmm. uh, I think. Yeah, you
0: already know that might not work, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to hear the pitch that I will build a better Google. I want to hear mm-hmm. the pitch how you solve the problem of people. So, yeah. uh, if you think that uh, search is broken, well let's Let's talk about it, but uh, you should have a lot of um, supporting material to this uh, mm-hmm. to this idea. Those are definitely red flags. and uh, I wouldn't say that uh, there are any any other like uh, clear uh, preconditions we wanna the portfolio like potential uh, founders mm-hmm. who would be talking to us uh, to 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 meet. Uh, because you know the world is very uh, vivid, and yeah,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, that is true.
1: <laughs> and
0: Every, everything is changing constantly. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So uh, we don't want to be influenced by by any biases. Uh, mm. We always are, you know. Uh, it's hard to get yeah, rid yeah. Of biases, but we want to reduce the amount of them.
0: One of the things that you mentioned was, you know, uh, getting to companies that you want to invest in. Is through referrals, yeah, uh, from from the companies that you already have in your portfolio or that you have worked with. Uh, can you tell me more about some other, you know, activities uh, that help you get in touch with new startups uh, that you want to invest in?
1: Yeah, we, we do participate in many uh, industry events and in many industry-focused uh, pitches and startup ecosystem, etc. So we, we get a lot of visibility into uh, companies that emerge very early uh, when the founders are just uh, pitching their ideas at that level. Mm-hmm. And then we, we continue tracking them uh, until they create a product and until they create some kind of early traction uh, yeah yeah we, we also we also uh, work with the uh, uh, earlier stage funds uh, together on uh, identifying interesting opportunities and it helps a lot it helps a lot and so we usually try because uh, currently the market is very very competitive uh, and so the, uh, especially 2021 uh mm-hmm. was full of like um full of capital and uh, valuation uh growth and etc. It, it it has created uh some kind of um uh, competition and momentum early stage uh field but uh i think we are quite innovative in terms of how to reach to potential founders and how to help mm-hmm. them early enough to to be sure that uh, we uh can be investors with the best ones
0: when it comes to the vc industry as a whole uh you have vast experience both as a vc and as an entrepreneur can you tell me how would you compare the vc industry in the us versus the vc industry in europe people you know are 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 saying vcs in europe are about you know five years behind vcs in the us and then we all, as a whole, are another five years behind the Silicon Valley VCs. Is that you know true, or is the is the truth a little bit different?
1: I'm not sure that uh, it has a lot of truth under under this. I understand where, where it comes mm-hmm. from because the VC industry has evolved from the Silicon Valley, and uh, bigger firms were built in Silicon Valley, and uh, that created uh, a lot of uh, momentum in that area. You know, it works like a market. Uh, Everyone goes to to the marketplace because uh, they know that uh, the buyers know that they can buy fruit and vegetables there. And uh, the sellers know that they will definitely find their buyer. So everyone goes to that exact place, the the central square uh, in the town. And uh, no one has an idea to sell uh, in suburbs uh, because uh, no one will come the same yeah the, yeah, yeah. the same happened uh, the same happened historically with the Silicon Valley but the pandemic accelerated one one major process. Uh, we are living in in, in a world with uh, where um, information flow is very very easy. Uh, mm-hmm. The world is uh flattening. Like uh, the barriers for talent are becoming very low to to transition from one place to another. And the pandemic has accelerated that and has shown that actually, if you want to do investments in any part of the world, you can do that with a proper setup. Yes, the US and Silicon Valley uh, They still have a lot of business practices that help. Mm -hmm. And business practices, mindset, cultural things that uh, help to accelerate that. But, uh, you know, that thinking is uh, going uh, globally and populating other countries. And I have seen that, well... The infrastructure of uh, le- and legal frameworks and everything are well developed in the United States, but I have seen that other countries are picking up with with that. And one of the reasons why I said that U- UK has a very strong potential there is that uh, a lot of things in 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 legal in legal practices in the UK and the US are very are common, and that helps mm-hmm. to transfer the best practices uh, from. Uh, the U.S. to, to the U.K. In, in terms of venture, in terms of okay, uh, new developments, how to quickly do the deals, how to uh, protect the rights, how to uh, manage uh, uh, their portfolio, how to uh, work with investors, etc., etc. I think that is that is catching up, uh, but it mm-hmm. takes time because mm-hmm. people have to learn new new practices. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, communities of investors, global communities like Kauffman Fellows, for example, that are helping yep, yep. to populate that kind of approach that uh, make uh, investments uh, more transparent across the globe, uh, make uh, standards, some kind of standards to the industry, uh, not written standards, but uh, Business practices and uh, uh, approaches and philosophy behind it uh, in mm-hmm. in Latin America in uh, in Europe uh, etc. Of course, for a new newer markets, sometimes it's even easier to catch up because they had nothing and they can just copy what was built in the, yep, in, yep. the in the uh, in, in Silicon Valley in the, in the US. For European markets, especially for the countries with the different legal systems, like. Uh, Germany, for example, that has Mm -hmm. a different continental legal system, it can be difficult to catch up with uh, with uh, legal frameworks. But uh, yeah, 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 uh, I understand. I I still believe that um, the process is in that direction. Everyone is, is is catching up.
0: Yeah, basically, the world is becoming more and more decentralized, and as you said, the COVID pandemic just sped that up because not only you know did we get all the access to the technology, a lot of people started, you know, working remotely. They they forced companies to accept that, as they called it, new uh, new reality. Mm-hmm. So now you don't really need to start a company in Silicon Valley. You can start a company wherever. Yeah. And you have access to everything that you would have access in the Silicon Valley if you started your company there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I- just, you know, the, the prestige is left, you know, the prestige is left in the... Uh, in the Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, that's right. And the existence of our firm shows that uh, that's true because uh, we actually enable to that ecosystem. So we we enable to those who start companies Mm. uh, overseas to quickly uh, access the uh, customers and market and etc.
0: Okay, Andrew, we're almost done with our time so uh i have just two more questions for you uh the first one is what would be your one key piece of advice for you know young entrepreneurs who are looking to attract uh vc
1: money i would i would not connect it to actually uh, vc money at all okay uh, okay uh, because uh you know taking vc money is, is is the moment when you need to understand that you need those money to accelerate something, so money, mm-hmm. uh, money are not the goal. Money are the tool. Uh, yeah, and yep. Uh, I would say that more important for any entrepreneur that is starting, especially the first time for, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, to understand that this road is very long and very bumpy, and mm-hmm. uh, highs and lows can be so huge that. Um, not everyone can uh stand them uh like mentally so mm, yeah my advice is first of all when you go into some venture build a circle of support for yourself and your family friends uh experts etc so build that around you that circle will be very helpful in going through all the downturns and uh, not rushing into something that may lead to uh, severe uh, outcomes Um, Mm -hmm. that is that is that is part that i i suggest uh, to spend time uh, because i've been there i've been entrepreneur and i know how important uh, it is and i see that the most successful entrepreneurs uh, in our portfolio, are those who have been very good at it.
0: Yeah, having a strong support circle that can get you through through anything. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great advice. Okay, Andrew. Last thing: what can we expect from Flint Capital uh, during this year and the next? What are some of your major plans?
1: We are looking to expand our team in Israel. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now we are currently launching our investment products for our LPs and Great. we will have uh, more capital to deploy and we will have more more capacity to to deploy that capital so yeah i think uh 2022 will be very exciting in terms of scaling our firm as as a business and yeah we we are very open to uh to people to talk to us about working with us and uh, about creating new unicorns. And we we think that mm-hmm. our uh, portfolio is currently in a phase when, when we can see something emerge in a one, two years, some, some new names emerge in one, two years. Um, yeah, yeah, That's, that's a very exciting moment. Excellent.
0: I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Okay, Andrew, uh, I want to thank you for joining me on Highway to Scale and for sharing all of these great insights about the VC industry and about, you know, raising successful startups. It's been a pleasure having you.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting And
0: we are done. If you stuck with us until the end, here are a few key takeaways from this episode that I want you to remember. Number one, the road to building a successful company is extremely bumpy you'll experience high highs, but also extremely low lows. And there will be lots of them. So if you decide to start a company, and this is especially true, if you're a first time founder, you need to establish a circle of support. First, gather your friends, family, or anyone else you trust and allow them to help you deal with the challenges of building a startup. Number two, be where your clients are. If you're looking to expand, it's always a good practice to have people on the ground someone who understands that new target on a personal as well as cultural level. And number three, when raising capital, you need to think of money as a tool, not as a goal. Don't just focus on a number that you wish to raise from a VC, but rather focus on the next steps in your company's growth that you wish to achieve. This approach will guide you towards that ideal VC and that ideal amount that will enable you to take your company to the next level. Now, before you sign off, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done that already, so you'll get notified when we publish new episodes. And leave us a review if you enjoyed this podcast and you'll learn something new. It'll be highly appreciated. Also, if you want to be a guest on the show, shoot me an email or hit me up on LinkedIn. My contact information is down in the description. And that's it. I'm Dorian, you've been listening to Highway to Scale, and I'll see you all in the next episode.